What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Saying Podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way is the entrepreneur, Bo Knows How to Close. Welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is actually super throwback. You were actually, I believe, episode two of the You Know Adam Saying Podcast. Uh, at that time, you had, uh, this was like in the middle of COVID. I think we recorded, I, I listened to this earlier. I was uh, kind of like, you know, trying to get some notes from the previous show. Uh, we were doing this in the middle of like the dining room of your house. During super quarantine. Echoey. Yeah, during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, super fun, super fun. Uh, a, a lot of echoes in that. The sound quality was terrible, uh, but you know things improve, and we we start to grow. And you have grown in your career. And Look at us. Yeah, Look no, at us. We're, we're in the middle of the studio. Uh, super fun. Um, but catch me up. What has happened since uh, we recorded the last show? So since that time, I have stepped away from teaching entirely. So that was uh, finishing that twenty twenty school year. So now I am full-time real estate. So I'm selling. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm selling real estate. I'm, I'm investing in real estate. So that's, that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Uh, I'm you, a dad now. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. Super cute. Thanks. Uh, you're, you're taking them to closings that I see kind of like through your Instagram. He's closed a couple deals. He, he? He's done he? a couple deals. That's yep. super fun. That's super fun. Uh, on that track. So not only are you a real estate agent, but you've also started to invest in real estate as well. Uh, you were telling me a little bit earlier, how many have you closed since that period of time? So we are closing on Tuesday on me and a partner. We're closing on Tuesday on my 16th property. Wow. So in one, in, in whether it's a partnership or, or solely between, you know, uh, personally, yeah. six, property number 16. That so. is wild. And, you know, uh, to go from where you are, have this kind of like, you know, really stable job, like that is kind of like, you know, the jump and the leap. And that's what makes entrepreneurship so exciting. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of like want to ask in here is how did you get there? You know, every everybody's so curious about how you actually make that happen. Yeah, for sure. I get asked. I mean, people people ask me all the time, you know, and, and I was just, we were talking about going from that steady income. And I was telling you, like, look, you can go online right now and see what I was making as a teacher, you mm. know, and it's it's. It's no, it's no secret. It's a you know public. What, what is a teacher's salary? Um, so I believe I had a master's degree, so I had a little bit of a pay bump, and then I was in year five. So you, it, when you start teaching, you start with a base salary. You get bumps for how long you stay in. Yeah. Um, and then also I had coaching supplements. Okay. Um, I was a head coach, and I um coached some assistant sports, so I had some other supplement income. So all in my gross pay and my final year, which is my highest, was 47000 Okay. Okay, so that was all in pre-taxes, which teachers um, are taxed really high, you know, just like police officers, you know, just your, your tax rate is high. Understood. Um, so that's gross pay. So it's nothing, you know, it's it's not bad. I'm not, it's not a, pov- you know, you're not sure. in poverty or anything sure. like that, sure. but it's not anything extravagant. And like I said, that was my highest year. Um, so it's, you know, what I tell people is you just got to save. I mean, what can you save? You yeah. know, and it's it's 
you've got to save. You got to get your credit up. Yeah. You know, you got to get your you've, you've got to use your credit score. You got to use your credit cards. You got to get your credit score up, and you got to stack cash. Sure. I mean, what can you save? Can you save ten percent? If you're bringing home a thousand, can you save ten percent? If you're bringing home, you know, if you and if you are saving ten percent, can you save twenty percent? Yeah. Um, and what really helped us make the jump, first of all, having an amazing partner in life, Stephanie. Yep. Um, we're on the same, you know. She is absolutely amazing. Well, she's like the hardest worker yep. there is. Absolutely. I mean, I mean she grinds. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even think, I haven't seen her sleep I mean, uh. you know, <laughs> since, since before that other podcast. She hasn't slept at all. Um, but she is just she, super supportive and all we've ever since we've gotten, ever since we were together, um, she, she we've been on track with saving money and mm-hmm. just been on the same page. And I think if you don't have that, then it's going to fall apart. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're not on the same page with the person you're sharing your life with and your bank account with, it's not going to make any progress, but figure out what you can save. And what helped us the most was in the first year when we got married, which she was still working part-time at the time is all the George Southern would offer her. We just said, how much can we save? You know, and so we we made it a mission to save 90% of my salary. So gotcha. we can live on her salary, which is not very much, like 15,000 and mm-hmm. 10% of my salary. Mm-hmm. And we were budgeting it down and we just saved and we so we saved over $30,000 in a 12-month period just That's amazing. just by grinding. I mean, yeah. eating at the house not going out that those kinds of things sure you know and so but doing that and saving that chunk of cash is what helped us get collateral to start the business and then we invested that money in our in ourselves and her mm-hmm. in, in starting the business um but once you save that that nest egg of cash that you can that that's what's going to be the catalyst for you to make the next move yeah and so i tell everybody are you saving yeah how much are you saving? Can you save more? This is a super interesting topic because I think, you know, if we look at the what the current state of culture is, everything is about almost the flex, right? You you want to be able to show people what you're doing, show show people kind of like, oh, this is what I have, right? This is where I'm at. You know, I'm traveling, so forth and so on, where they don't are not you know, looking for kind of like what's happening on the back end, right? And that's so interesting because like, you know, that is a huge part of what is going to give you financial freedom moving forward. It's like this almost like delayed gratification thing. And I, I want to talk to you about specifically because you actually educated the youth for a period of time. Um, you're starting to get a lot of questions about how do I achieve the things that you achieve, right? And, you know, what is the biggest challenge facing, what is the biggest question that you're getting from from the youth? Well, I, I, it, it's not even a specific question. They just come to me and say, you know. What do I do? What do I do? It's <laughs> like, it's, I mean, because, and it is, it's a little bit overwhelming. And I think what you brought up is a super good point, is the, Instagram lifestyle, mm. influencers. I mean, and and it's just like anything else. You know, ninety nine percent of influencers aren't making any money. Sure, you know, they're in a studio that looks like a private jet or sure. whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's fake. <laughs> it's the fake flex. It's the fake flex, and it's like, and who, and even if it was a real flex, you know, who are you flexing for? You know, sure. I think it's just like, I I utilize social media. Um, it's great for business. I mean, I you know, it's it's great for connecting with people. But mm-hmm. I I try to be not a sc- you know a mindless scroller. Sure. You know, it's just it sucks you in. It wastes your time. Sure. It's it's just not a productive 
use of your time most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. if you're using it as a business owner or, you know, trying to connect with people that way, that's one thing. But it's, I think it hurts the youth so much. I mean, yeah. in high school especially, which is where most of my experience is, I mean, in, in college, because I work with a lot of college-age people too in my other businesses, and it's like it's too much time looking at focusing on what other people are doing. Yeah, the, these people are traveling, and look at this car, and look at this, you know, and it's just it's ridiculous, and it gets in your mind and makes you feel like you've got to compete, and it just sucks you into that consumer mindset. How are you able to stay away from that? You know, like, I mean, obviously, I think there's a super unique story in here where, you know, you partnered with someone that is very driven mm-hmm. herself. Stephanie, she's super driven. You know, how were you able to kind of like shy away from what everybody else potentially was falling into was like, okay, well, I want I want the lifestyle. I want to show so forth and so on. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I deleted my Facebook. I had a Facebook when I was in high school and college, and then I was applying for teaching jobs, and all the advice I got from professors was like, hey, just delete your social media. Really? And I didn't have an Instagram, and I wasn't that big on it anyway. I just, you know, I had a Facebook. I might have had a Twitter at the time, you know, and I was never super active. And so it wasn't that big a deal. I was like, yeah, I'll just delete it until I get a job. And sure. I got a job pretty quickly. Um, it was like the first one I interviewed with, but uh-huh. but still, I just was like, I don't feel the need to go. And I remember, I mean, I was whatever, 23 or 24 at the time. And I was like, I don't miss it. Sure. I don't miss Facebook. Like, I don't, you know, I you don't not, care. I don't care. Like yeah. I didn't care. And so I didn't have Facebook again. For until, how long? Until 2020. So that was from 20. 20- I remember when you, when you came back uh, on to, yeah, that was the jam, dude. I was like, okay, Bono. Yeah. My Paul made me get a Facebook. He was like, look, if you're going to sell real estate, you need to connect with people. You need to. And, and he is a hundred percent right. Yeah. And, and it, and it, uh, I've got, I've done a lot of business through Facebook. I've done a couple purchases through Facebook. I've, mm. you know, I've, um, I've gotten a couple buildings under contract or properties under contract, uh, through Facebook. So it's been really good, but I don't, Try to be uh, just what, a scroller. What, what makes the youth so interested in that? I, I, and and I, I, I'm asking this because you've dealt directly with them. Well, I, in my opinion, it's just because it's been, first of all, I remember when Instagram and Facebook weren't a thing. And I remember sure. when they, and it was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump from MySpace. Like, I'm not going to quit sure. my MySpace to go to Facebook. I remember having that conversation, you know, in like, in whatever that was, like ninth grade. <laughs> you and, had a MySpace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't look it up. What was the handle? Definitely <laughs> don't look it up. Definitely. Uh, I need how much time until I can delete everything from that? No, but... <laughs> Um, but you know, I think that these kids, it's been ingrained. I mean, they've, uh-huh. when they were born, all this stuff existed. Sure. So it's never been like an opt in or I got to make this or whatever. It's sure. like, it's when am I going to make it? Or I've always had it. My parents have it. I mean, it's ingrained in their culture sure. just because that's, that's the time that they were born. And so it's harder for them. I think, and first of all, I think it's more natural to them. Um, like I said, it's just always been around. I mean, sure. it's like us talking about, you know, cars or whatever, sure. whereas we, we don't question yeah. Should we get a car? We get a car because we need to drive and cars have always been around, you know, and that's my, maybe a bad but, analogy, but, but, but it's just something that they don't question. Well, the difference here is like cars are utility, right? right like, you know, right. it's getting you from point A to point right. B. I think what's 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 harmful is that, you know, the world has so many opportunities. And in this, I think what is 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 breaking apart is that people aren't 
able to explore because they are so hyper focused on oh like making the next trend like mm -hmm. every it's every, what everybody else ta like talks about right and of course you can utilize for that for your business and you can like you know manage that but i think what what happens is they lose track of what is actually valuable and what's real that's yeah. what they lose track of what's real they don't know what's real yeah. you know it's like you can't tell you can't differentiate who's flexing and who's real and who's you know and all that and i've always had just uh, i just have never really focused on what other people think mm. about what i do mm -hmm. um or or anything you know I, I never am focused on having the nicest clothes or the nicest shoes or the nicest cars or anything like that and, and maybe that's because i never had the money to do those things in the first place mm -hmm. um and didn't grow up in it in instagram culture um but but it, regardless i've never really cared about other people's opinions and i think that's important but it's also not necessarily possible for everybody so like you said there's so much out there and so many options so many directions and when i get questions from these high school and college age people it's it's like i'm so lost mm. i don't know what i want to do i don't know how to do anything with my money when i do get a job mm -hmm. and i don't know if i want to do this job forever and that kind of and that kind of thing and so that's why i just try to give them a concrete step is make money save money yeah right because it's not even it's not how much you make it's how much you keep mm -hmm. and then it's how you invest it but you know I, I didn't make a ton of money we weren't making a ton of money but we just said how much can we save and mm -hmm. if you can save 10 percent of your paycheck and, and pay yourself first and i warren buffett said that everybody says that but what does that mean that means when your paycheck comes in for a thousand dollars you take your hundred dollars and you put it away before you break down anything else, mm. right? Pay yourself first, put it where you need to put it and put it in a savings account. Cause everyone's, you know, if you go on Instagram, you'll see all these people, cash is trash, diversify, sure. stock, crypto, real estate, whatever, do that. You can't do anything with a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to save. So yeah. put it in a, put it in a, I think Mark Cuban says this too. And he's like, save cash yeah save cash yeah. first and yeah. when you don't have real money save cash and then save to what point so at what point do you can you kind of start utilizing that cash in a, in you know because we're, we're what we're really talking about is investment mm -hmm. right yeah when at what point did that transition for you and what are you kind of like you know what advice would you give to someone it's all it's up to your personal risk tolerance um i felt like i I'm very conservative with how much cash I feel like that I needed to feel comfortable. I think we talked about last time, the first time that I saved a thousand dollars in my savings account. And then I said, okay, I want to save two. And then yeah. we, then we saved a year's worth of take home mm -hmm. was the goal. Yeah. And then I realized that potentially we were going to, I was going to look at transitioning out from having my job. And I said, well, I would like to have two years worth of take home so I can feel comfortable. I feel like in two years I can kind of like, figure do, it do out something and it's like yeah i hope that i can figure it out and if i haven't done anything in two years maybe i'll just go back to <laughs> my w2 job and just accept that which is fine too sure but that's so that's what i tell people like if how much time it's really it's not how much money it's how much time are you going to give yourself mm. are you living on twenty thousand dollars a year and you can stay living on that for the next couple of years and it, you know the younger you are the easier because you're a little bit more flexible like yeah. i've got a child now it complicates things. Sure, right? sure. There's other there other bills to consider. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. now we were we had a roommate when we got first married. Yeah. That's probably not an option now. Sure, right? sure. And uh, no one wants to pay rent to live with a 18 month old. I promise. Um, 
<laughs> but but like so it's all up to your to your risk tolerance but okay so are you making $20,000 and you're happy with that now okay so see if you can say how much time do you want to give yourself to make some more money cuz if you get your real estate license like I did I didn't make a dollar for I think it was like four and a half months. Yeah. Didn't make a dollar. But I was okay because I had two years of living expenses. You built out your runway. I, I built out my runway. And yeah. so that's that's what you need to do is determine your runway. How long do you want that runway to be? For me, I, I felt it was very, cons- you know, I worked hard. We worked extra jobs. We saved extra money. We made extra sacrifices so that my runway could be longer. Could I have done it for with six months? Turns out, yes. Sure. But I didn't feel comfortable doing that. Sure. Um, and so that's why I tell people, just save money. Okay. And, and save the amount that you need yep. to feel comfortable and make that leap. So you saved it. You kind of like, you know, got to that point where you had kind of like the runway. And then you made the leap to kind of like, you know, go down this path. At what point did you start putting out investments? Like, you know, like, because that is the next step, right? Yep. Because you want, again, financial freedom. You want to put that money somewhere where it can give you some sort of cash flow. Yes, yes, cash flow. It's my favorite word. Hey. Okay. The second favorite ta- word ta- is... <laughs> okay, second favorite word? Well, it's that financial freedom you talked about. But okay. yes, yeah, that's two words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Tell me about cash flow. What? How do you determine cash flow? So cash flow is excess income from... It's not earned income, right? It's it's passive income from your investments. Okay. And so in a real estate sense, when you buy a real when you buy a piece of real estate that you are going to, for example, rent out, right? Whether it's the one you live in, you're renting out a room, or if you buy a property to rent it out, if you buy it and your your payment on it all in is seven hundred dollars and it rents for nine hundred dollars, then you have two hundred dollars cash flow mm. coming in. Yeah. Right. Um and now it gets a little bit complicated because what if something breaks, sure. right? And that kind of stuff. It's not. It's yeah. not all free and clear. Once you get that two hundred dollars, you know, it doesn't mean that it's just yours to have and do whatever you want with. So don't take that two hundred dollars and go, you know, you know, throw, throw it, it away. <laughs> yeah, throw it away every single month. So again, you want to have some runway with that. But that that is the definition of cash flow. Sure. Um, I was getting into selling real estate, so I I had my runway. I got into I got my real estate license, and I gave myself an avenue to make money, right? Yep. My floor was now zero. If I don't sell any houses, if I don't do any real estate, I make zero dollars. Yep. But that's okay because I got my runway. And then I've also raised my ceiling, right? I could be teacher of the year a hundred years in a row and I wouldn't get paid any more than I was already getting paid. Um, and the idea is to take that excess earned income and then I'm going to not change my lifestyle, not buy a new truck, not buy uh, you know $10,000 in new clothes and go on vacations. I'm going to take that excess in, in difference in the the 35 that I was taking home and the anything extra I can make. And I take that, save it yeah. until I've got enough to buy real estate or start a business or stocks or whatever you want to invest in. What was your first uh, investment? A college rental house mm-hmm. um, that was on the market. Um, Paul was putting on the market. So, I mean, um, you know, it, it, I saw it. It wasn't a crazy good deal. I remember even telling him like, Hey, I think this is a good deal. It's not a great deal. And he was like, yeah, but you know, if it's a good deal, it's your first one. People also are waiting for that perfect, you know, they want to hit a home run, mm. you know, but when you're just getting started, maybe you just need to get on base, you Yo, know, okay. just hit a single, right? I love that. Um, just get on base and let's get some momentum going because momentum is a very, very real thing that I've learned in this in my experience in this entrepreneurship, you yeah, know, and kind of getting out there is it's like once you get on a wave, sometimes it, it will carry you. Um, and so 
he was right and I was like you know and he's been and he's been an awesome like mentor he's very successful very I mean if you haven't watched that Paul Newman episode go watch it um but he was like yeah I think it's a good deal if you think it's a good deal you know uh, and in and, and have your and, and have your criteria get educated don't just jump in and like buy stuff because I, I think it's just to me I think it's learning the ropes yeah. because you know when you when you make that first one uh it it kind of like you know gives you the ins and outs of like what the processes are. Yeah. So you can kind of like get a feel yep. for it. Uh, I can I can attribute that to the way that I started my podcast. Like you know like you know we, we're slowly improving, making those small yeah. tweaks, and knowing what to look for. But if you don't start, you'll never start. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of t- uh, people talk about um, what's it called? Uh, perfection paralysis, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They're waiting for that oh, yep. like home run, like you yep. said. And so, you know, that first one, you, you got it un, like under your belt. What happens next? Um, so what happens next is, is the momentum. So mm. first of all, first of all, what happens next is when you, you know, when you buy a property, you put your down payment down. Yep. Right. And it's it, it will cover that first month's mm-hmm. uh, mortgage payment. So yep. you put all that money down in one time and then you've got a month with no mortgage payment after that. But the rent comes in. And so I got that check and uh-huh. I was like. This is amazing, you know, and of course, then, of course, then after that, you got to pay the mortgage after that. Sure, so it's sure, not sure, not sure. quite as big of a check after that. Uh-huh. Um, but I was like, man, like you can it worked. I mean, it worked and in like nothing crazy happened. Yeah. And it, I, it was the craziest party house I've ever seen. Oh, really? When I went to go. Yeah. To, couple, to walk through to, to walk through. And that's what kind of gave me pause at the beginning. But it wasn't as bad when I bought it as when I when they moved out at the end of that year. Yeah. And everyone's everyone's so worried about, you know, what if they trash the house or whatever. I'm talking they had chopped off stop signs like uh like streets like with the with the wooden post uh-huh. uh like just up against the wall like into the walls. They had somebody had fallen through the attic in the sheetrock like I guess they were in the attic for something uh-huh. and fallen through in one oh, of the bedrooms. Oh my goodness. Um trashed uh beer pong tables everywhere. I mean like in every room, I mean, it looked like a, it looked like a good time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if you didn't own the house, sure. Um, the, so somebody so, drove through the fence with a truck and that kind of stuff. This is after you purchased it. This is after I purchased it. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know, they're college kids. They put a deposit down that's um, you know a mo- one month rent, two month rent. That, that's about a month's rent. Okay. Um, I had some good cash flow because interest rates were crazy low. Yep. And that was another part that really set a light bulb off with me was how low the interest rates were and how much money that saved you um, when you're just looking at your sure. per month. Uh, but we'll come back to that. But anyway, so what what that house really did? I'm so glad that it was a party house. Yeah. Because. It was about the worst you could imagine, uh-huh. and it ended up being like I think it was like twenty five hundred bucks or something to like basically remedy it because uh-huh. the rest of because you know the appliances were good they you know they didn't do any kind of like I'm like structural I was like, they holes in walls yeah a li- small you know small like small things yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had well when they had they had posted the street sign up there that was a that Big was a thing. fix you know? <laughs> but but it was like but their deposit covered most of it sure and I was like that's not that bad. And yeah. that's, and that's pretty much your worst case tenant there, yeah. you know? And I'm like, man, this is like good. And then I'm start looking at my cash on cash, you know, ba- you know, the extra cash flow, how fast it's coming back and rents go up yeah. that next turn. Yeah. So we fix it for not that much money. Rents go up. It pays basically the difference back in a, in a month yeah. because rents had gone up. Yeah. And then I'm like, 
these interest rates are allowing cash flow to be higher than it's ever been. Yeah. With rents going up, interest rates going down, the sure. difference is your cash flow. Yep. And so I'm like, that's Let's like, go. I, I'm like, I gotta go. So I got, so I buy another one. How, how much uh, time difference between that first one and the second one? Uh, three months. Three months. And as, as fast as I could make it happen. Sure. I mean, I was like trying to find something, sure. you know? And, um, and I'm, I'm telling everybody, I'm like, guys, these interest rates, wait yeah. a second, these interest rates are super low. And people are like, oh, it's your job to tell people to buy. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, you can think that if you want to. I'm just telling you, sure. like, this is, we're going to look back and say interest rates are three and a half percent on investment property. Never seen before. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and probably won't again. Yeah. And, um, so it turns out so far we were right. And if yeah. they did back down, we're going to, I'm going to keep buying, sure. of which I'm not stopping buying now. I'm just saying. Um, I, my, well, interest rates aren't bad right now. They're so not bad. In, in reality. They're in, not bad. And all things considered, they're yeah. not. It was just we had never seen anything exactly. that low. Exactly, exactly. And so I was going around telling everybody, hey, we should, you should buy some stuff. We yeah. should buy some stuff. Everybody yeah. should buy some <laughs> stuff. Like, lock in. Because I'm like, inflation's coming. They're printing these stimulus. I mean, it's not, it doesn't take an economist to, yep. um, you know, to, to know that inflation's coming. 40% of all money was printed in, in those two years. That's right. Inflation's coming. Yeah. Uh, let's lock in. If inflation's eight percent, or at the time we thought, you know, maybe six or seven percent, interest rates are three and a half. You're going to be winning. Sure. Um, on top of the other ways that it, you know builds wealth, that's you know, right. The equity pay down, the tax benefits, all that stuff. I'm like, this is a no-brainer. Sure. And so my goal became, how much, how much debt can I get into at uh-huh. this interest rate? That sure. literally became my my goal. It's yeah. like, I'm going to get a million dollars in debt yeah. on this. Uh-huh. You know? I came close, yeah. right? But I, you know. Almost almost got there. Almost got there. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and now I got all that all that debt locked in at, mm-hmm. at sub four rates. Yeah. And it's going to be fantastic, yep. you know, so for as far as long-term wealth. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think, but you're right, doing that, if I hadn't have bought that property because I got scared because it was a, kind of a party house and it was a good deal not a great deal um i I wouldn't have ever done the other stuff so let's talk about this right so you know is most of your time now like focused on you know uh selling homes or uh, now it's like because it sounds like a a lot of your time got taken up with investment Mm -hmm. right like you are investing yourself Mm -hmm. uh how do you split your time between like the various different projects that you're on Uh, that's a good question i it, it just depends. I mean, there's ebbs and flows. I mean, during the past couple of years when it, when there was a lot of activity because interest rates were low, I was spending most of my time handling other people's transactions as, you know, as as an agent and, and, and making those things happen. Now, with all the uncertainty, there are still deals happening. You know, I've, I've still, you know, still had a good year, but there just is less going on. Is There's it? just less buying and selling. You guys are starting to see it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, a little bit longer days on market. You know, there's a li- there's you know, a little bit higher inventory, you know, that kind of thing. So, and people are just pulling, when there's uncertainty, people kind of pull back. Sure. Talk to me how crazy it was during like the middle of it, where like your interest rate were at the bottom. What was that like, like listing a home? It was super fun as uh, just somebody who likes business and likes to be in it because it was like we'd show up to the office early every day and the phones are ringing i mean it was like kind of like it was kind of like that like wall street kind of feeling like you know it was like we come in and there's and there's yeah it's like oh we you know got stuff to do i mean i had like uh, i think i had like the most was like 14 escrows going on at one time and you know they're all in different parts of it and i'm marketing this home and i'm trying to get the appraisal you know to catch up on this home and i'm you know and i'm 
got all these clients on, but it was awesome because meet a ton of people sure. who are buying and selling real yep. estate. You know, a lot of my business is investors. Um, so I'm building that network. And now I have this network of, of people that, you know, have bought and sold with me and, and I know that are interested. And so, you know, it, that it's just, it was so good. It was just, I love meeting people, yeah. love talking about real estate. Yeah. I love helping people make their moves with real estate. And that time, I mean, it was just the pinnacle of just, I mean, we were, just, fun. We were just dealing and it was yeah. fun. You know, it was fun. People were making moves. Everybody was happy. Buyers were happy. Sellers were happy. You know, so it was a good time to, to, to be in the business. So uh, tell me about kind of like how you've seen it change and when did it start changing? As, as soon as interest rate, well, they kept announcing that they were going to raise their basis points and their interest rates were going to go up and, and they're announcing that and then they did it, you know, and people were like, there's going to be seven rate hikes this year. Yeah. And this already, they bumped it half a point and then they bumped it 0.75. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so the uncertainty makes people pull back sure. um, naturally. But, you know, we want to... That's where my business shifted just because when people pull back, that's when historically we know we need to go yeah. uh, harder, yeah. you know? And so when people are now, now we're seeing more like we just, we, we're going to close on Tuesday on this other house, but we, I think we've done like three purchases in the past couple months mm-hmm. just from people who are wanting to sell now because yeah. they, they feel like they're going to miss the market and that kind of thing. And, and, um, Anyway, when, you know, when be greedy when others are feel fearful, you know, yeah. and it's like we're seeing that. That's why I've shifted my not that I, I'm still, you know, representing, you know, several buyers and sellers, you sure. know, and I've got like three listings coming up. Um, so that that hasn't changed. It's just there is less action on the market. Gotcha. So I'm investing my other time with our with our, you know, investing business. Got so. you. Got you. Yeah, very nice. What what's kind of like on the future? What's on the horizon for Bo knows how to close. Well, you know, the, I think the 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 fun thing about it is I don't really know. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of Brandon Turner always talks about uh, the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, he always talks about you know it's it's kind of like you're driving on a foggy mountain and you don't you can't see really far in the distance, but you just kind of keep going. You know, just yeah. um, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm I like being able to pivot and I like being able to um, get into new things. Um, we're developing a new commercial building for Stephanie's business, you know, for Statesboro Elite Dance Studio. Awesome. Um, so I'm, you know, kind of learning about the steps in a bought commercial piece of property and developing it from the ground up. And so that's fun. Um, you know, I'm, I've just got under contract uh, representing a buyer on a mixed use commercial, uh, you know, million dollar plus building downtown. Yep. Um, so, you know, just doing the com- moving into the commercial space a little bit, just learning because it's a, just a different uh, ball game. I've done some commercial sa- sales before, but it's been pretty straightforward. So sure. um, learning it from the development side. And that kind of thing is is exciting as well. So it, I, I will say this: it's been super cool to see your development. You know, um, I remember when we first met; uh, we, it was kind of like you know you had your teaching job, and you know you, you always showed interest in business. Mm-hmm. There was always that piece, and then even yet, you know, there was some reservation there. There was you know uh, there's that steady income. I don't want to relinquish that control. But you have really like, you know, jumped down the deep end of entrepreneurship and say like, hey, like this is what I want to do. And the fact that you're kind of not only like uh, not only have done that, but have really kind of like hone in like 
the the properties like you know you have kind of like this this drive that's amazing and, and that's that. that's yeah. that's been super fun to watch just super fun hit, just to watch. hit the gas man hey just let's go. go let's go. go how do people keep in touch with you how uh, do they find you Bo knows how to close on Instagram. Hey. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, of course, you know, that's that's pretty much the extent of, uh, you know, I'm not not on TikTok. <laughs> got to get you on TikTok. <laughs> I still, again, I'm not I'm not a consumer. I just try to, but that's how you get in touch. Uh, obviously, my uh, my phone number is 678-446-6493. Uh, text or call anytime. Um, yeah, so we're, we're excited about what's in the future. I, like, I am keep learning about creative financing keep I'm, I'm you know if you need cash offers on your house right if you need to sell your house you know anything like that it's it's anything related to real estate if you just want to call and talk about real estate hey. I just like talking about real estate so love it um but I appreciate that yeah cool man well Bo thank you so much for coming on to the you know Adam Sane podcast I appreciate your time and then uh yeah looking forward to everything that you're going to be able to accomplish in the future thank you thank you cool man